We welcome to episode four of Three From, Callum Barnes and Dan Phillips. This is the first time you've ever podcasted together. How are you feeling about it, Callum? You go first. I'm feeling good, but um, haven't I got now a new nickname for the pod? Uh, what is it again? Do you remember? Remind me. Remind well, it me. was the, my unfortunate description of what wrestlers were throwing in each other's faces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know which one? I think it was, it was Phil on Twitter, right? Yeah, what did he? I can't remember what he called you now. What did he call well, you? Well, no, it's three things, but I think what Sandman's already taken. So Clay. <laughs> oh, the Clay Man. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Sorry, the so, Clay um, Man is did, with us. So Clay Man with yeah. So uh, no, this is really good fun. Obviously, me and Dan have known each other off the pod, but this time it's really nice to uh, to get to be on one together. And I'm looking forward to the new format. This is um, I've been really enjoying the previous three fours or three threes. Um. And so uh, I'm looking forward and a bit bit nervous who we get, but I'm sure yes. we'll run down who we want and who we don't want later. But uh, I'll give Dan the floor. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm good. I've been decorating today. Have you? My final day of annual leave, having come back from New York um, on my second stop on my wrestling tour, uh, with the third stop just occurred. I'm, yes, I'm we had the best FTR. night of all time, didn't we? Best night F- of life. FTR yeah. and uh, Aussie Open got eighteen stars, and then the then Jay. What, who was the, what's the main event? What was the main event on Sunday? It's it's only a couple of weeks ago. I should be able to remember. It was Naito and Zack Sabre <laughs> Junior. They got twelve it's stars. So, so it was such a, it's such a good day. It was a really good day. Lovely roast in the pub. Amazing. Hey, and we like, ate. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> okay. X rated right, already. Right. Shall we um, talk? About, sorry, go on, Dan. Yeah, let's crack on, on you, mate. Yeah, let's crack on because this <laughs> no, could be about 18 hours here. So, um, as you all know from listening, the hundreds of thousands of people that download the show every week, three from is we pick one wrestler. Normally, out of 10, it's going to be from, from nine this week. So, I want to get one of the original lot out the door, so to speak. Um, so, we're going to pick one wrestler from nine. We're going to watch three of their matches on air, off air, talk about them on air. Haven't ever quite managed to get that opening quite right, and I've messed it up again. So the rest of this week are Macho Man, Randy Savage, Saya Kamatani, Dr. Death Steve Williams, AJ Styles, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kenny Omega, Manami Toyota, Sting, and Mitsuhiro Misawa. Callum, who would you most like to get, and who would you least like to get? It's tough, right? Because as a human being, you just want to re-watch the stuff you love. This yes. is why I love this concept is it's actually getting me to watch stuff that I probably wouldn't ever go out of, of my way to watch on my own. I mean, Kenny Omega is is my all-time favorite wrestler, so I'm not going to scoff at uh, getting to watch any of his matches. Um, I guess Sting, right? Or even Steve Williams. I know we've been doing it out, but Sting, I don't think I've watched any of his stuff in his prime. Um, maybe, Maybe the the real famous matches when he was going up against the NWO, but nothing, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you anything really. I mean, being a, a kid of the nineties and well, a teenager of the two thousands, I, I did miss, I guess, uh, sting and, and, and all that good stuff is WCW. So that'd be really interesting. And then, yeah, Randy Savage. Um, I don't think I've ever seen one of his matches. And what? You've never yeah. seen Macho Man Randy Savage? I don't think so. I was trying to recall moments because I probably... That's disgusting. 
<laughs> I mean, I should have. That's that's the that that yeah. Your word was perfect. It's disgusting. <laughs> I should have watched it because outside of just being a great persona, I mean, he was legitimate in the ring. Uh, absolutely fantastic. So, um, and to add further to that disgust, I mean, the first time I probably saw Randy Savage was in when he guess appeared in Spider Man, the first one. Oh, you're disgusting. So, um, I forget that you're like, ridiculously like young as well. I think you should, yeah. <laughs> Not quite enough on Callum. Dan, who would you most like and who would you least like? Sting, I'd most like. Okay. Because um, I've discussed that I used to think he was like a budget cane or whatever. And now I completely <laughs> regret my childish childish opinion. Uh, least like any of them female wrestlers you have on there. There's only two. Um, I've got a feeling one might I, come out, and I, I, think that's, I think they'll surprise you. <laughs> right. Can you they see... Will su- if they come out, they'll surprise you, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah they will. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Can you see random result on your screen? Pick items. Can you see that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Let's do it. Three, two, one. It's whoever comes out first. Three, two, one. And we've got Sting. Oh, yes. Okay. I just this can't believe it. Like, we just don't... This is the thing. We just don't ever get anyone that's like a, a Japan, like majority career in Japan or anything like that. We've had, so far, we've had Bruno San Martino, we've had Mick Foley, Triple H, and now Sting. So what 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 are the chances of that, really? I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm, I'm a tiny bit gutted with that, actually, to be honest. But um, well, What's your policy to when like we wind it down? Are you going to then take a pick of four or? No, I think, um, I think I'll probably do the next one. Uh, actually, the next one might be a special actually but i'm working on that at the moment so watch this watch this space um so i'll probably do eight with the with the first um the, the next the next time but yeah it's just weird like I'm, I'm quite happy with that from a length perspective but actually i'd really quite like to watch and the kenny stuff i've i've kind of done some different bits that i haven't seen before i've not done any of the okada matches but regardless let's leave omega and what i would have liked to have seen and go to Sting. So Sting is a former nine-time World Heavyweight Champion under the banner of Jim Crockett Promotions and World Championship Wrestling and is one of the most recognisable names in the history of this great sport. And he is still appearing semi-regularly in matches to this day in All Elite Wrestling. And the first match we're going to watch today, we're going back in our time machines all the way to... Uh, it was August the 15th, 1989, and a match that aired on September the 1st, 1989. And Dan, this is an interesting one for you, given what you've just seen. So this was the follow-up to their controversial Great American Bash 1989 match, which would end by way of a dusty finish when Sting got the pin, by, but the decision was later reversed as the Great Muta's shoulder was up. Yes, it's Sting versus oh. the Great Muta is the first match. Our main event. Let's go to the arena. What an ovation for this capacity crowd here watching the NWA Wrestling Power Hour. Perhaps the most popular athlete in all the professional sports right there in your camera. Can we talk about Sting's hair here? I think he needs those roots done, doesn't he? Oh, he's going for the frosted tips, though. I quite like it. Is it frosted tips or just he's dyed it and he's not, he's not. He's letting his roots grow out. Or like grow now. Yeah. yeah. I suspect Maybe. if you watched him two, three weeks previously, he was all blonde. Yeah. <laughs> have, I, have you ever dyed your hair blonde, Dan? I can't remember if we've talked about yeah. this. Yeah. Callum? Uh, bleach blonde. You're, you're pretty blonde anyway, Callum, aren't you really? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I've done bleach blonde and highlights. Yeah, I've had the same. I think that this, it was a bit of a thing in sort of Sutton Croydon, wasn't it really? Yeah, you had to. 
Yeah, you really had to. What? Should see photos of those. Uh, there is a photo of me in the depths of Facebook with with um, with bright blonde hair, which is not the best, really. What do we think about Sting's outfit here? Luminous well, is he green. still like challenging? Because he was he was partners with the Ultimate Warrior, right? Well, who became the Ultimate Warrior? So they still got that. that this is the, quite. Uh... Sorry, Callum, go on. No, I was going to say about like the face paint. It, it it resembles that, doesn't it? More so than the black and white that yeah. he's yeah, probably warrior, known for his yeah. whole time. Yeah, this this is probably um, three years after he finished teaming with um, with Warrior, basically. I tell you what, we'll so what jump. Promotion up. is this? This is this is NWA Jim Crockett. So what became WCW? Right, right. We'll jump off air now, and we'll come back at the end of this match. What is Terry Funk? Look at Gary Hart. Can we just say we're three minutes in? The crowd is absolutely electric for this. And how yeah. good is this so far? And how good is Moose's offense? Yeah, I, that's why I made a comment of like the crowd. The crowd is still going absolutely insane. Yeah. And then when there was the interruption here, that I mean, they they are on their feet. That's not hyperbole to say they are on no. their feet. No, we got Terry Funk on the outside. I think Gary Hart is managing Great Muta, um, and Jim yeah, Cornette, and Jim Ross are on the call. Um, yeah, what what a start! And we literally thought three minutes and forty seconds in. Wow, doesn't well. Funk looked pretty good condition there, doesn't he? This is uh, the same year as his few with, with Flair. Why is he turned? Why is Funk turned up here? What's the storyline here? Why is he? Why is he arrived? I don't know. I guess he's feuding with Sting. Um, is he? Yeah. He, he's yeah. Real... Uh, they've got him out of there. Muta, there look at Muta's punches. That is like that's unbelievable. I haven't seen too much of him. But that is just incredible. Yeah. It's like a, not a house show though. No, so what, what we just were talking about off air, and I think it was probably um, a good you know good thing to talk about on air, is this is just normal WCW or NWA as it was at the time, weekly television. It's a TV title match. And um, basically they're setting up a clash of the champions where Sting teams with Ric Flair. Ric Flair's a babyface at the time. Take on Muta and Terry Funk. So that's the Funk thing here. But you're getting this level of, of match on a normal TV as Hart's got his towel around Sting's neck. Yeah, in heart, you are getting some classic uh, manager uh, moves, aren't you? Yes, definitely. Classic, like, the ref, every single time the ref looks away, he is getting stuck in with a towel around the neck. Or <laughs> The fact he's yeah. holding a white towel is always a thing. Now, you always find that when the managers come down with a white towel, it tends to get you. But I'll yeah, be amazed yeah. if it does this that's the story, right? Yeah. Exactly. Do you think he rubbed some that some sort of awful substance on that white towel before the for the match, just to be even more dastardly? Maybe. <laughs> That'd be a horrible thing to do. <laughs> that's like gone. That's like one of those. Uh, you do it in the back. Um, not like the crowd's not supposed to know, but you do it between the boys type of thing, right? Yeah, rib. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a rib, I bet there's loads yeah, of that stuff that's gone on. I bet there is. Yeah. Gary Hart interferes with the DQ in 13 minutes and 48 seconds. I think it's fair and wipes to say, a complete star off of the match. We're all gutted about that. <laughs> so we were all watching that, and there was a mat, there was a kick out. 
basically Gary Hart interfered when um when Sting had the the Scorpion Deathlock on him. Gary Hart interfered, and we were we none of us knew the result of that, and we were all like, please don't let that be the finish, please don't let that be the finish. Sting kicked out, and we all basically popped and sort of jumped out of our seat then. And then unfortunately, after all that, after all that, and it was it was so so good. I mean, this was pretty close to being a must watch. Then they yeah. did that horrible, dirty finish. Oh my god. What did, a match, did, though. Still recommend. Callum, I'm coming to you first. What did you think of that? Oh, that first pinfall was... I mean, the first five, ten minutes were just electric, right? Well, well the first five minutes was with the audience. And um, and it was building so perfectly. And you're right. That first pinfall, I honestly thought that was going to be it because it being TV and not pay-per-view, which, in all honesty, that the, the delivery could have been pay-per-view. I mean, it felt so big uh, just to be standard television. But... Yeah, we all popped and then and then all pops again when uh, Gary Hart came in and just um yeah, in Dan's words, knocked the star off it. I know, I can't I can't believe it. What what would you give it, um, Callum? So uh, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with our Mid South Mid South yeah. Moments racism to skip. It was all right, recommend or must watch. It, yeah, it would have been a must watch if it had probably gone another ten minutes with a good finish, but uh yeah, recommends definitely. And what did you say it was like sixteen minutes? It was, uh, no, it was under 14, actually. It was um, 13.48. Didn't feel um, give, it. Give or take 10 seconds. Yeah. So I'm not sure I started at the right time. But I, I think that if, if even if Sting, if Sting had just won then, I think that's my, I wouldn't necessarily go five stars for that, but I'm yeah. probably going 4.75 and that's my, pretty much must watch. Um, Dan, what did you think of our opener? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got recommend purely based on the ending. Um, like you say, that felt like about five minutes. Uh do you know what? It makes me think that you know, like it was pay-per-view worthy, but a DQ finish is very house show or weekly show ending when you've got a big match, isn't it? Yeah. I think we've become accustomed to that where we're always looking for, we, we probably should have known better that something was going to happen. Because yeah. that, that happens a lot. Of, there's a lot of times we've sat there for a Mid-South episode and gone, oh, um, because obviously they're saving up for the big the big event, aren't they? So, but it was excellent, and um, it's interesting seeing Muta. You know, he's got his red face there, very serious. Obviously, having seen him about a month or so ago now, he's certainly upgraded with a mask. Um, and I'm sure you guys know him. I assume he had a mask in his later career. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen that much of him actually, because because again, he was he was in WCW around this time, but I don't think he was in back in America too much in later years. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know a great deal about him other than he's um, recently been the champion in Noah um, in the last sort of couple of years, but now he's winding down his career and Sting and him are teaming at the Tokyo Dome, I believe. I think in February. Oh. Um, as part of his last, I think that's oh, wow. right. As part of his it's last, one of his like retirement. Um, yeah, matches. Right. Yeah, one of the several. Yeah, indeed. Anything else to add on Sting and the Great Muta before we move on to match number two? No, that was a great opener. So a rare tag match I picked second here because I, I don't want to stay away from the kind of Sting and Flair matches and see some stuff that's a little bit different. So we're going to WCW Super Brawl, Return from the Rising Sun, which took place on May the 19th, 1991. And we've got Lex Luger and Sting going up against the Steiner Brothers. So let's listen to the entrances. I was still not even born yet. What year were you born? 91, but August. Scumbag. <laughs> I was nearly at secondary school at this point. Actually, not. I started secondary school in 93. 
Look at those action figures. Yeah. So this match we're matching it. I think it might have done. Yeah. It might. Have you have you watched this already? Yeah. You seen up, the, I, I can comment. Wow. Oh, you seen? You see, you seen this match because part of the PWI thing. Yeah. Oh, it's, what a show. Oh, okay, no spoilers, Dan. No spoilers. Dan. Uh, no spoilers. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I like I'll happily talk about it. I like seeing his jacket a lot there. So that what is, is great. Yeah. What is Luger, the US champion or something? There? I think he is, yeah. I think this might have a... I don't want to... No, actually, I'm not going to say what I was about to say. Right, we'll be back at some point during the course of this, I'm sure. Well, hopefully. Hopefully we won't die during the first few moments of it. It's very cold in my house this evening, but because I, of the way my setup is, I've got, you know, one of those like trays that sits on top of you. And you can eat like food and stuff off of, but being really lazy on your lap. I've got one of those. So I can't really move that world to go to the toilet or turn the heating on. And it is absolutely freezing in my house this evening. You wouldn't believe, Callum, we podcasted probably about seven weeks ago when it was 40 yeah. degrees in London, wasn't it? And now remember- tonight, it's sickeningly cold. Do you remember me just like sweating through it? Like literally, yeah, you, literally sweating. Yeah, you were <laughs> dripping on camera. It was all very, it was all very OnlyFans, to be honest. Yeah, but it was. We all wondered how they would approach this match mentally. This was, um, this was the first tag team match to win match of the year. The first tag team match to win the PWI match of the year. Yeah, match of the year. And obviously they, they started their award in 1972. Wow, okay. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was quite a, a big note from, from when I watched it. I remember thinking, wow, hang on. This is, uh, and these are the titles, Because I right? can imagine... Yeah. But yes. I can imagine for the voters, sort of tag matches are always sort of second fiddle, right? Well, that would have been quite a big thing at the time. Yeah, I think it depends on where you grew up because tag team wrestling in certain parts of the country would would main event. Uh, Mid South's good example of that. So when it when it was Rock and Roll Express, Express, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, the Midnight's they they Midnight they main event a lot of cards, and that was really heavily um, focused upon. Whereas you know the, the three of us, we grew up in the WWF, and tag teams what tag teams were a thing. Like obviously when we were young, or when I was young, then you were obviously quite a bit younger than me. But Heart Foundation, Legion, doing all that stuff, it was featured, but they were never right at the top of the cards. So it's just, I guess it's no. just what you, what you grew up on. But Crockett and some of the Carolinas and various places did focus on tag team wrestling a bit more than we would be used to. Just off, off air there. I got cut off there. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I saw that make it more difficult to cut him off. <laughs> also, the Steiners, this is another obviously very WCW thing. So, yeah, like... Growing up, WWF had decent tag teams, but having watched a few Steiner matches now, I don't think they had anyone at this level. These two were sort of a like a proper tag team, weren't they? And, and, and so good that maybe if, if WWF had this, you may have seen tag teams headlining more often. Yeah, it's an interesting point, actually, because I don't think that WWF had anyone, a tag team where both were so good. Because Rick and Scott mm. are both really, really good. Whereas WF had the Heart Foundation, where Brett was like the best of all time, much better than Shawn Michaels. Um, but also going off on his own quite a bit. Whereas these guys, I know, I think they, they went off separately at times, but 
were at their peak together. Yeah, I agree. I Brett, um, Brett had his own solo career. Yeah, Brett's peak was was after that, definitely. Um, and in terms of the only the only ones I think who, uh, that I could think of that are close, as in a, a combined unit that are so good together, and I still think the Steiners are better, are probably the Rockers, Marty Jetty and Shawn Michaels. But all the other tag teams, you think about Legend, yeah. Legion of Doom weren't that great in ring. Demolition were very over, not that great in ring. So Steiners, are, you know, a phenomenal tag team. Not to bring the decorum down, but that pink singlet is very tight. On Scott? I mean, that camera angle should be a little bit higher than mine. <laughs> I was watching WrestleMania 2 for um, uh, Random Wrestling Review. I didn't see it. I'm going to catch it in a second. And during the Battle Royal, William Refrigerator Perry was wearing basically like a thong swimsuit because his trousers <laughs> were, kept, get, were like pulled down virtually the whole match in his Battle Royal. I haven't quite caught... Yeah, crikey, Steiner, that leaves nothing to the imagination, does it? Doesn't, I think he's got it? a little G-string on underneath that. Very, uh, very saucy. <laughs> Sting has just done a plant shot over the top rope onto Rick Steiner on the outside. Have either of you ever seen Sting do that before? He cleared that top rope by another, I don't know, that, that was insane. That, that was, was absolutely, insane. absolutely insane. And also, just before that, Lex Luger took Rick Steiner's head off with one of the stiffest clotheslines I've ever seen. Probably the best wrestling move Lex Luger's ever done in his life, I'd imagine. Now, this is <laughs> quite something. And that is it. Oh. I'm really shocked about that. Um, that was only 11 minutes and nine seconds. And we get yet another dodgy finish where Nikita Koloff came out to try and attack Luger, but um, Sting pushed him out of the way and ended up on the wrong end of a chain to the face. So, and Sting's been busted open by Nikita Koloff's chain. Um, I don't really know to think about that. They're all sort of having a little love in now as well. They're looking at each other, not sure what's going on. Um, Is everyone faces here? Yeah, they're all faces, yeah. I mean, I thought that yeah. was a superb match. And I, I kind of half expected that we wouldn't get a um, you know, a proper finish there. But this was loads of big moves, an incredible um, st uh, sting reversal on a tombstone attempt by St Scott Steiner. Um, and he absolutely nailed him with the tombstone. It was really, really good. I'm only going to go middling recommend on that because because it was too... I, th I felt it was a bit short and I thought the finish was atrocious. But it needed another five minutes. But I'm still going to recommend. And Dan, what did you think of that? So when I, um, when I watched this uh, recently, when I was watching all the PWI match of the years, so I made the note that it's a match that wouldn't look out of place in 2022. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, 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 the sort of the comment I made on it was that Given who was who was in the match, again maybe we should have thought a bit bit more obviously that it wasn't going to end clean. Yes, um, and it wasn't going to be as a result of either you know outside interference probably had to be was to be expected or something along them lines, um, which again <laughs> similar to the first one we watched sort of knocks it down to a recommend. So as a as a tag match goes, it was it was great. It was reversal. You had all the lots. Do you know what I would like to have seen? I'd probably like to have seen a bit more sting. I mentioned off air there, there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Luger was in a lot of the time. You wonder maybe Sting was carrying an injury or something. And, you know, maybe that's why when he first entered the ring, he went with the sort of the flying over the top rope because then he sort of got a reason why you'd think he's not coming back in. Um, but it was a great match. I'd recommend to watch it. 
Yeah, definitely. And I'll tell you is what. It, it's recommend because I would recommend someone to watch. Yeah, it. no, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely <laughs> recommended. It's just, it just can't get to the, I'm, and not, you know, you know, what from this era really is going to get to the, the absolute highest of the highs, probably not too much. Um, but um, I also thought Lex Luger was really good at this match. It's probably about the best I've ever seen Lex Luger. Um, Callum, what did you think of our second contest? Yeah, not much further to add. I mean, it was it was crazy that, that was match of the year. Um, uh, you know, to Dan's point, I mean, very, really good tag team match, very hard hitting, great tag team moves. And that, you're probably right. I mean, Sting might have been injured or, or carrying something, but then he did do a top rope drop kick and also the launch himself to the outside, which probably the only two spots he had. And then the end, of course. So um, Luca did carry the, the brunt of that, but um, yeah, recommend. I mean, I was enthralled by it. So um, yeah, absolutely recommend. It was not the match of the year in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Instead, that was Ken- Kenta Kabashi and here we go. Toshoshi Kikucha versus Doug Furness and Dan Crawford, a match I believe got five stars and I believe I've seen and I believe is very good. But alas, that was not the that was not the one that the illustrated the illustrated the um, yeah. illustrious readers of Pro Wrestling Illustrated voted for. Next up and our final match. Unless Dan, you had anything more to add on that um, that, that no, one? No. Cool. Right. No. The next one is we're going to WWE Starcade nineteen ninety two. So their biggest event of the year. December the 29th, 1992, at the Omni in Atlanta. Um, and this was the final of the King of Cable tournament, which was put together to celebrate 20 years of wrestling on TBS. So it's an eight-man single elimination tournament featuring Sting, Brian Pillman, Barry Windham, Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts, Dustin Rhodes, Vader, and Tony Atlas, of all people, running up that, that eight-person uh, lineup. And this is the final between Sting and Vader coming up. King of Cable. What do you, what do we think of King of Cable as a as a kind of uh, storyline device? It's not the greatest name, but there's some uh, there's sort of some big it? names in that actually, wasn't there? Some big so names. This in that is the final, yeah. This is the final, yeah. So this is so it's the equivalent of King of the Ring. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably a reasonable description. Do you like Harley's tux there? I do. What's better, Harley's tux or Vader's bandana? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Vader in a bandana before. What exactly is what's he trying to achieve with that? It's just, I think you'll find it's a do rag. Oh, okay. What's the difference? Uh, well, They're similar, I suppose, aren't they? Yeah. All right. Fair, fair play. Fair. Well, right, a bandana's tied at the back like a ponytail, isn't it? Uh, have you ever owned a ban- Have you ever owned a bandana? Uh, yeah. I have. have you? Joke. What was your as a joke? yeah yeah that's true actually I I didn't think for fancy dress reasons I wore a bandana to Summer Sam 1992 or a match around Randy Savage one actually which is uh, yeah yeah Uh, Sting and also needs his roots done again here I think clearly whoever is that makes him deliberate do you think it is yeah Yeah, I guess it must be I think I think I think now there's there's a term for it in the hairdressing community of like balayage or something like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? How did you know that, Dan? A man I, of I many, of much knowledge. Uh, we've got the trophy in the middle of the ring and Nick Patrick's referee. Vader still has not uncovered his hair or head. I don't think he's got much hair. Uh, we'll, we'll be back shortly to talk about Sting and Vader in the King of Cable tournament from Star K92. In fact, before we go, 
something I always found or I thought was a bit shit was I thought the, the WCW rings, especially from this era, look really bad on television. What do you both think of this ring? It's my two the ropes, fighting. Look awkward, don't they? Well, it's a smaller ring. I don't like the colours, and I just think it just doesn't like. You compare this with the WWF ring. I think it looks. I think it looks a bit small time. What do you think, Dan? It, it, I don't like how the so where you've got blue at the top near us, and then where it goes to the yellow at the bottom, the other side. Yeah, it's just strange. View, it don't view well, does it? It doesn't. No, I thought no, when, when they no. went to the Nitro era, I thought they, the rings the rings looked much better. But then it'd be really grating when. If you watch Nitrous and WWE Network and then you watch a pay-per-view from that time, they go back to like a crap ring like this also with the the WCW logo that was a bit like a... Um, I haven't pressed the start of my stopwatch. Good, good professionalism as ever. Which is a bit like a sight on a gun. I just thought it looked so, so rubbish. But yeah. Um, right, we'll be back momentarily. Where is Vader in his career yet? Has, has he made it in Japan? Yeah, so he's been... Um, so let me, Joe. I, 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 you asked that off air, and I should have got the answer for you before I, I, I told you to do it on air. He's been to Japan at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure Vader had been WCW champion by this point as well. So this is, this is probably not uh, 92. I'm guessing. So let's let's have a look at this. So he uh, would have been in New Japan was 87 to 89, really, for him. Um, oh, so yeah. that's that, that's his sort of times there. Um, he was IW heavyweight, IWGP champion between '89 and '91. Not one consistent reign. Um, he, I think, he won a couple of times. I will, I will clarify that because it's bad, bad facts on air. I think it's devastating. That's what I think about it. I don't know of any other athlete in the world. So, Callum, you had, we're gonna yeah, add I, yeah. cut you off again. Sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. Well, so one of my best mates is from Kuwait, um, Abs, and he. He loves this story. I'm pretty sure, wasn't it Vader that um, when they were doing a world tour for, for WWF and Vader did something, wasn't it like he, he, I know there's been a couple of times, like he destroyed like a really famous uh, table or something that was in the Royal Albert Hall, but he also did, I'm pretty sure like he was on like local TV or, or like national TV in Kuwait. And, um, yeah, he was. He attacked the, he attacked yeah. the uh, the, the interviewer yeah because like, he, he accused them um, he, he basically said is it, is wrestling fake and Vader wasn't really having that so yeah oh belly wow German suplex from Sting there that was impressive you're not a fan name, of isn't it? What, what Vader King of Cable oh King of Cable <laughs> it's tragic I realised I didn't clarify what I was talking about earlier on in terms of the uh, Vader um, championship situation. So he was IWG, IWGP champion in April 89 and again in August 89 and again in January 91. So that was his last title in Japan until he was All Japan World Tag Team Champion with Dr. F. Steve Williams who defected to All Japan in February 2000. There's your facts for you. So Vader hit Sting with a big splash. And I think this is supposed to be like a key near four in the match. But he, he pinned him so hard by when he hooked the leg that he pulled Sting out of the pin. Like it, it just looked a bit ridiculous, didn't it? And 
you had Vader in the ring going, oh shit, basically. And yeah. Jim Ross did a great job. And you're talking about, go on, Callum, you jump in. What, what yeah, he, he did the call where he, I mean, he covered it up so well as, as Vader's basically mouthing shit. I messed that up to <laughs> so the camera, like not, not covering up at all. Yeah, but Jim Ross, I mean, professional as ever. Talked about too much talk and being excited, <laughs> being excited talk, to finish yeah. the match, and, and yeah, too much talk. <laughs> but again, you mess it up in the ring, don't you? And having the whole setup like a commentator to keep that believability it shows what a pro Jim Ross was. Have either of you seen the um, infamous clip between Vader and Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam where Vader messes something up and Shawn has a really bad go at him? Have you, have you seen that? No. no, it's worth watching that SummerSlam 96 main event just for that. So I think Sean comes off the top rope, he's supposed to drop an elbow uh, and Vader's supposed to get his foot up. But Sean jumps off the thing and Vader doesn't do anything. So Sean just lands and stomps him and he's really swearing at him because he's so pissed off. And that basically... So he's got, he's got previous Vader. Yeah, that basically... Um, they, they were originally going to do Vader and Michael's... Uh, Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble and as a result of that match and how Sean didn't want to work with him anymore Vader got shifted out of that position and um, Michaels ended up doing that title switch with Sid so that was all, all to do with what happened in that match it's a very interesting wow. match to go back and watch so I definitely would uh, we're not doing three from Vader today but that's definitely one that I would recommend going back to see <laughs> just laughing because Ventura made the call that Sting had thumbed Vader. One of my all-time <laughs> favourite moments in life is when my friend, who I won't name, um, at a UFC many, many years ago in London, meant to shout out, punch him, but shouted out, fist him. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it's, it's honestly still one of the best moments of my entire life. What's the, what's the, on, in, in wrestling, isn't closed fists not meant to be allowed? No, it's not supposed to be. And Vader's been smashing Sting to death throughout. Sting, it's almost yeah. like it looks like that Vader's Look, punched him so hard. It's a boxing Sting's, match. This like is Sting's a boxing hair. match. Look at Sting's hair. So he's punched him so hard that his hair's fallen off. I don't know what's going on. Look at it. That's got to be like the it's sweat, there, right? isn't it? It's got to be the God, sweat. That's crazy. It's, it's mad, isn't it? But this is Look, Vader's It's, remind, it's reminding me of... Um, oh. It's reminding me of... Which Rocky is it? Rocky three. Which in what, no, what Rocky two, With, when Hulk Hogan's in it, that's Rocky three. Rocky three, three, yeah. three, three, yeah, three, yeah. It's reminded me of that, like a boxer versus a wrestler. Riff. Yeah. Oh, that was. I'll tell you what. That was, that was stiff oh. as you like. That that one before that was stiff as you like. I think Sting's got some receipts after some potatoes been given by uh, by Vader here. He was doing some great selling sting from taking those punches. And yeah. maybe one or two of them were legit. Like <laughs> oh, I think so. I think that I think that, as I said, the second punch in that in that exchange was very stiff. But this has been this has been pretty good so far. Sting. Oh, oh fall away cool. slam. But Vader's leg is over the rope. This is the thing. Sting is still he's still he's still able to pick him up this late into the match. I think oh, obviously we'll we'll come to a conclusion about Sting, but the more I, when I when I was younger, um, I was thinking, oh, WCW's crap. Sting's like a crap Ultimate Warrior, blah blah blah. But Sting is Sting was really good in the ring. Like Sting was Sting was a, like a serious wrestler. He had classics with Ric Flair. We've seen him in different roles here. That match was great. Mood up. You could put that if that had a finish. You put that up against almost anything. This guy, mm. this guy could could really do it. I think it's a shame that his um his first WCW title run. 
was delayed because he had quite a serious knee injury. And then the crowd kind of turned on him a little bit. It was a bit like the John Cena type reaction. But then after he lost the title for the first time, he they sort of went back with him and he didn't really ever suffer with that again. So it's a very weird and strange time. It was almost like they'd waited so long for the coronation. And I think they ended up having to wait another about another six months. So he, he hurt his knee in an angle. It's Vader's coming off the, the middle rope with a big old smash. Because you weren't allowed to come off the top rope because Bill Watts was there, as you talked about. Obviously, there's oh, no really? match around the ring because Bill Watts is there. Yeah, so you could not jump off the top rope in uh, WCW at this time because of Cowboy Bill Watts. Uh, so what's your the logic there? So you're, you're not allowed to jump off the top ropes, but then there's no mats around the ring. It's concrete, basically, you're landing on. Well, I think it's... it's Well, am I about to be wrong here? Because Vader's going oh. to the top. I think Sting's going to throw it. Oh, he's going to gonna up. Top, Oh shit! Yes, that should be a DQ, really, and that is it. Oh, he did it! Whoa! That oh, that it. was crazy. In 16 minutes and 48 seconds, Sting has beaten Vader to become King Cable. So I think that should have been a DQ for the jump, but maybe they're saying that he look at Sting's hair. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's so maybe short because it maybe because he won it. It's sort of like uh, the referee waving play on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So basically, Vader was coming off the top rope and sort of jumped on Sting. Sting reversed it into a power slam, and that was a one, two, three. Um, I thought that might have been the weaker of the three matches so far, but I think it's still low recommend. Um, Dan, what did you think of Sting and Vader here? Yeah, I've got it was all right, slash so recommend. I think you've got to give credit to Sting as well on the basis that I think we've established that Vader's limited in what he can do, right? Um, and yeah, I thought it was, he was—he looked quite good there. Um, I think Vader was pretty good here, to be, in terms of years yeah, gone by. But quite, he, by WWF, he probably was past his best, unfortunately. Yeah, he looked quite—he looked quite good there, and um, you know, wasn't just doing the um, "I'm a big guy, so therefore I'm just going to do splashes." And I mean, then again, he did spend about three or four minutes just punching. Yeah, but, you know, he—he he, he did. There was a bit of athleticism at the start. Um, and yeah, I thought, yeah, I would have done it. It was all right, slash recommend for that for me. Ventura just shook Sting's hand there in the um, the trophy presentation, which is maybe, did, I can't remember if Ventura played it a bit straighter rather than being like a pure heel in WCW, but I was, that's quite interesting. And um, Callum, what did you think of our final match between Sting and Vader? St- look at Sting here, no pain, shorter hair. Mm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, so, sorry, Callum, what did you think of the match? No, that's fine, yeah. Oh. <laughs> struggling to put it as a recommend i've got to be honest but then there's moments in that match that i mean i nearly jumped out my seat i jumped out my seat at the end maybe because you were building up the top rope thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i wanted but um yeah vader looked good probably because sting brought it out of him um i'm not too sure about that middle section with the punches i really do it does suspend my disbelief because you're always told that punches aren't allowed and then when it happens you kind of think well hang on a minute the rest of the for too long but kind then of thing. it went yeah. on for ages like yeah. honestly to the point where we joked are we watching wrestling or boxing and then the commentators started talking about anecdotes of boxing matches gone past which was very uh, talking strange about muhammad ali and uh, yeah. george foreman in, in zaire rumble the, the, in the jungle uh, yeah what uh is that what is that rumble in the jungle that one yeah yeah is it, i thought that was Oh, yeah, perhaps I'm wrong about that. And then yeah, Thriller in Manila was the other... Ah, oh, that's it. It was Rumble in the Jungle. It's not Thriller in Manila. Sorry, you're absolutely right, Callum. And that's the film When We Were Kings, isn't it? The, the Rumble yeah. in the Jungle, yeah. 
So I'm yeah. disgusted with myself for getting that wrong there. <laughs> no, you're all good. So yeah, I, very low recommend, probably for spots more than the whole um, the whole match itself. It was definitely the week of the three, and I think unfortunately because I tend to do these in day order, the Great Muta match was way above that, mm. and it was I think it was a bit above, probably not a huge amount above the tag team match. But you had a bit more time in it, didn't you? And obviously, we're seeing more Sting. But I, I thought that I'd definitely go in the order that we watched them in terms of match quality. Um, so in terms, we talked we talked about this a little bit already. But I think Sting, you know, Sting, he he's he's certainly enhanced his legacy with the stuff that he's done in AEW, which is, which is really incredible given the stage of his life. Uh, and actually, he's he's got a body of work that's pretty good. You just wonder what would have happened if Sting. Maybe it wouldn't have worked if Sting had left WCW in 1990 or 1991 and gone to the WWF. Would Vince McMahon got, have got behind something that someone that wasn't his creation? He's not got a good track record of getting behind people that weren't, you know, from the Vince McMahon machine. But and even even those years in TNA, it was probably too late by then. But early, you know, late 80s, early 90s, Sting. This guy was a serious wrestler, and his body of work. I would put up with any anyone really around around that time. Um, you know, other than Bret Hart, I can't. You know, in terms of American wrestling, who else is there smashing out singles matches to the standard of you know that great Muta match? No one. Not Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels wasn't doing that in you know in 1992. He just wasn't there yet. Um, yeah, Callum, what do you think about sort of Sting's you know his legacy and where you sort of position yeah. him? Well, that, as as I said when we first started this, I've not seen any of Sting's work. I've only known it through. Um, anecdotes or or other other wrestlers talking about him in interviews and how incredible he was. I did see, I guess, the tail end of his stuff in TNA was probably mm. when I saw him. Um, could you call that his prime? Like, not well, no way prime, past, but, yeah. But but I guess still churning out matches on a yeah. weekly, monthly basis because his WWE run wasn't that, and then obviously AEW, he's 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 being used really effectively but not a week-in week-out wrestler no um he's always been an enigma maybe i don't know is that one of his nicknames maybe it is but he because he was that people compared him against the undertaker right and there was a moniker of he's the greatest wrestler never to be signed by vince mcmahon as well i remember that when i was exploring the fandom and becoming a fan of wrestling and diving into uh things that i'd never watched before that's what always came up for me was Sting was um, was that alternative, probably never got or di- didn't have his WWE run. Um, and so it's been really interesting today to watch matches even earlier than his NWO stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. Which, again, I probably, my mind goes to that and seeing him in the black and white, that's what my mind always goes to. And now getting to see those three matches that you picked out that he wasn't that he was still that surfer guy with the bleach blonde hair and the paint yeah. that was colorful, really, really intriguing. And just on the last part, I guess I really want to dive a bit deeper into the great Muta as well. Cause they had mm. a fable, they had a fabled rivalry, which is now going to end with, with the Tokyo dome stuff, which we touched upon earlier, but um, it just makes you want to dig into that late eighties Real early '90s stuff. Yes, yeah, definitely made me want to watch more Muta. I think with Sting is Sting as a wrestler. This is this is his prime, as we talked about. But in terms of business, this guy in when '97 did WWE's biggest ever pay per view of Hogan after the build up to that. 
you know, his absence and, you know, did he turn on, on Lex Luger? Did he join the NWI and all that sort of stuff? So while he was past his best in ring by that point and still passable, this guy, he, he was over and now he's been over everywhere he's gone. Um, and I think, you know, phenomenal career and, and fair play to him because he's still smashing. I, I was I was sceptical of the signing of Sting when he joined AEW, but I think it's worked a hundred times better than I thought it ever would do. Um, Daniel, what are your sort of final thoughts and and uh, and thoughts, final thoughts and thoughts on Sting, Mr. Steve Borden? Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've made it clear in the past that I've wanted to watch more of his stuff, um, having had a similar view to you mentioned. Uh, you know, these three matches are, all, all in the recommend category. You pick three out. You know, these, these. I'm sure if you ask Mr. Borden, are they, are they his best three matches? He might not say yes. So there's, you know, there's, there's well, more out no, there. because there's the Clash of the Champions match of Ric Flair is absolutely out of this world. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, that's probably even better. That's even better than the Great Muta match. So yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So, so yeah, I mean, I've always, uh, oh, he's always struck me as a bit like, do you know, this is very niche for. For the British audience, but a bit like Alan Shearer, or okay. a bit like Matt Letizier, a bit like yeah. Matt Letizier, as in, I'm just going to stay at Southampton and I'm not going to make the move to Man United. Um, and, and people go, well, if you'd have gone to Man United, you would have been known the world over. And the fact that people don't know who Matt Letizier is, probably, if you're American listening to this, is that reason he was good enough to play for Man United, but he decided never to make the move. Yeah, it's um, almost like it's almost like Southampton won the Premier League. One year and then challenge another year, then they would they would tell, then they went out of business basically. So so so, so yeah, that, yeah. That, that, yeah. But but if he could have gone earlier, uh, but I think that's a really good analogy. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was going to say Alan Shearer, but he did win a he did win a Premier League. I mean, I guess it you know as a Cowboys fan, Tony Romo, who I love, just stayed always stayed with Dallas and therefore never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, um, was he good enough to win a Super Bowl? Definitely. Um, but he didn't make them, he didn't move, right? Yeah. And we think you just wonder if he'd have made the move, what you know, how, how different would his career have been? I mean, don't get me wrong, he's had a Hall of Fame career, but you know, you just wonder the different different things he could have done and some of the dream matches that he, that he could have had. And and I think it's a testament to him that he has joined AEW. And don't get me wrong, at times he does seem a bit like he's just Darby Allen's sort of sad dad. But actually, when he but when he's in yeah, but when he's in a match, um, they use him very well. They do. He's effective, and he gets beat when he should get beat. He gets hurt when you know he's up against someone that. Well, I don't don't think he's ever actually been beaten, has he? But beat down. No, no, but you mean beat down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I I think it's a testament to his how good he is um, as a professional. And yeah, well, I'm sort of gutted that growing up, I didn't watch him, but it's like anything, you, you have your allegiances, don't you? And you don't, and also you just don't have enough time in a day to watch everything. So no, yeah. no. I think the question mark will always be around, as you said, around what, you know, what would have become of Sting if in, you know, 90 or 91, whenever that contract would have been up around that time, if he'd made the jump. But the thing is, Sting was making really good money. Like he, he was one of the, you know, if not the top earner in, 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 uh, in uh, WCW under Turner for that whole time. So I don't think he would have been short of money. And actually, don't you think like in terms of 96, 97, Sting would have been on a huge money. I doubt there was anyone in WWF other than Bret Hart. And Matt, yeah, I think Sting would probably been out earning Undertaker around 96, 97, 98 as well. Wow. C- certainly more than Steve Austin. Because Steve Austin, until we really, you know, uh, 
went on fire in sort of 98 he sting would have been earning more than more than austin in 97 definitely so wow um yeah i'm sure That's he crazy. was very very well rewarded um any final thoughts gents we i can't believe you got away with not watching two hours of hiroshi tanahashi or sai kamatani those matches would have been short or anything like that you've got you've got a pretty plum one with sting there haven't you yeah, yeah. I am going to be jealous, though, for the whoever gets those other names on the list. You've got to have me back. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll do, we'll do another one of these um, probably early in the new year, if not before. So, yeah, we'll definitely do this uh, three from. But, and I might just stick to the original list. I do. I do. I really want to show you. I really want to show you both either Toyota or Kamatani, because I think that I know, Dan, you're, you've probably not seen too much good women's wrestling. And I think it will blow you. No. I think especially Toyota. Kamatani's yeah. very young. Um, well, though Toyota is young in these matches as well. But uh is less experienced but they it's just so good like i watch a lot of stardom and i just watch those shows and it's like there's there's a girl that's 19 that's got their kind of like it's called future of stardom and she's uh sort of kind of trying to trying to put, put it's not like a junior's title but it's like the young person's inexperienced title she's better than most of the men wrestlers in you know all the major promotions in america she just comes out smash out a 10 minute 3.75 star match off she toddles it's like this is incredible and the, and the work's got no holes in it but we'll we'll get there at some point i'm sure gentlemen thank you very much for your time as ever thank you everyone for listening hope you enjoyed that i really enjoyed watching some old sting and we shall catch up with you all again very very soon